On Blast. This is the On Blast podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and we got a little something new on the feed. Starting this week, obviously the NFL season is back, and so we are here with a brand new podcast. I don't know what we're going to call this. Uh, I will kind of steal this from Joe Bunn in terms of I'll name this podcast later. But as of now on the On Blast podcast, we're talking NFL from a gambling perspective. And to do that, I brought in one of my boys, one of my friends. We go way back. My guy, Matt Russell, who is a sports betting professional and host of the Window Sports Betting Podcast. Mr. Russell, how are you doing, man? I'm happy to be here, man. This is exciting. Week one of an NFL season feels surreal, uh, but I'm stoked about it. I'm happy that the NFL is here because it's so much fun. And we always used to talk a lot about gambling. You obviously know a lot more than I do. I kind of always come from the perspective of, you know, yeah, I pay attention. Yeah, I think I know football. Yeah, I think I, you know, research and listen to a lot of different things. But in terms of the straight numbers perspective, that's where I really wanted to bring you in. And we can have a conversation each and every week where we're looking at these games, we're talking about the headlines, but we're also, you know, you used to educate me a lot in terms of, you know, which ways to go and following trends and just some of the little rules that people have gambling wise. And that's kind of what I want to bring to this podcast platform in terms of even if you're going to make your little pro line picks, be educated on it a little bit, have a little bit of knowledge supporting when you're dropping your money down, however much that happens to be, which hopefully is your lunch money. Absolutely, man. And listen, I've been doing this for 20 years. And so my podcast is, you know, I was doing it for 20 years for the first 10 years, you're just learning, right? It's this education that there's, there's no classes to go to learn how to sports bet, right? But I love sports and I'm competitive as hell and I like making money. And so, you know, as a 20 year old kid, you know, I figure out I can bet on sports and I'm like, this is amazing. Like this is way more fun than just being a fan, even for my, like, like you said, sort of $2 pro line per night or per week. And, you know, but then you look for content to sort of help you learn about it, right? And what people don't realize, it's so much more than just picking games. And like you said, knowing football, knowing basketball, knowing hockey, et cetera, it's so much more than that, right? And if you think you know, you have no idea. But, you know, if you want to come and sort of learn about the industry and how deep it kind of goes, you know, that's what I do. Yeah, I, I totally love that. And what, what we're trying to do here is kind of blend the both worlds, right? And kind of have Absolutely. that discussion where we're adding more education to the, you know, you know, I trust Brady and Belichick. You know, that's one of the things right. I would say all the time is kind of right. like one of my gambling strategy. But you know what I'm saying? And but just yeah. kind of trying to add a little bit more depth to that. But in terms of the window, because the other part too, is we want to get people and you if you want to know more information and more of a deeper dive the window podcast is incredible where would people be able to find that from you to to get a little more insight on a daily basis on the gambling world yeah wherever you get your podcast man apple spotify google like all you know the whole crew uh yeah. just type in the window sports right you know just to be sure um and then you know <laughs> follow my twitter feed at mrus authentic m-r-u-s-s authentic uh, and, you know, you can't miss it. One of the things about this season is just fans in general, right? Yeah. There's no fans in stadiums. <laughs> so right. normally when we're talking gambling lines, 
there's normal trends in terms of, you know, what's the old adage, home team gets three points. Yeah. Does that still state play the same now, even though there's no fans? Well, listen, that's exactly well, There's some it, fans right? in some places. Sure, yeah. So 25% here, like Jerry Jones is just shoehorning people in. Like he doesn't care <laughs> if there's like bodies in the aisles. Like it doesn't matter to him. Um, you know what? And you said, it, you said it correct, man. It's an old adage and it's mm-hmm. an antiquated adage. And it is Ooh. for a couple of reasons. So for okay. one, it isn't three points. It was sort of more like two, two and a half. And you might be like, okay. You know, how does that really make a difference? But trust me, it does. But the thing is, because there are key numbers, and this is sort of literally, you know, advice piece number one, Mm -hmm. is that there are key numbers in football, right? And it's not that complicated, right? The key numbers are three, seven, and then to a lesser extent, six and 10 Mm -hmm. and 14, right? For obvious reasons, these scores go up by three, six, seven. And so uh, roughly, you know, I think it's like actually last year for the first time ever games landed on seven more than they did on three. Normally three is the most like popular or most often, uh, you know, final score spread. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to say just blindly that it's two and a half doesn't really account for how valuable seven is. Right. And obviously nowadays teams are more likely to score touchdowns than they are field goals. Whereas before, Mm -hmm. like, you know, people just wanted to, you know, coaches just wanted to put points on the board and that kind of thing. The other like thing, that. and maybe the most important part, is last season, for the first time ever, the average margin of victory mm-hmm. was one point for the road team. So if you added uh, up all the scores in the, of the entire league, all 200 and whatever games, 256, I think it is, and the, the road team outscored them by one point overall and so that shows that we are moving to a road team sort of equality here that we've never done before and now you're taking out sort of the noise element but are you because they're going to allow they're going to pump in noise they're going to pump in noise right and if that's really the only issue when it comes to fans because like i mean what else would fans have anything to do with the game right Mm -hmm. like home field obviously has a lot to do with travel and all of that kind of stuff but nowadays, man, travel's so easy for these guys and the hotels mm-hmm. are so easy and it's just such a business trip for them that they're just in there, out there focused. And so good teams aren't getting upset on the, you know, on the road the way they used to because the advantage just isn't there. And I'm not sure, you know, especially this year, but like even going into this year without all of this stuff going on, I'm not sure there is even such a thing as home field advantage. Do you know what's so funny about that? So obviously in preparation for the pod, I like went through and, and did all my picks. And normally, and for the record too, just so people know, we're going to go through, talk about some headlines and stuff. And within doing that, go over some of the lines. But my overall picks that I'll make this season, I'll keep a running tab for the whole year on like Instagram or somewhere or on our on blast page. But yeah. In doing that, when I wrote it out, I realized I'm like, I'm taking a lot of the home, a lot of the road teams. And I was writing that out. And it was one of those things where I reminded myself, I'm like, oh yeah, home field advantage isn't as big of an advantage normally, yeah. right? Much less yeah. now. So that kind of makes sense. It's so funny you mentioned that, but it makes so much sense, right? Well, and that's straight up too, right? That's before exactly. you even get into spreads. And yeah. so once you start factoring spreads in there, like when I'm going through all the teams and doing previews and stuff and like researching, mm-hmm. right? I'm looking at their spread record from the previous year. And yeah. by and large, like it pretty is, it's 
you know, it's pretty close to eight and eight for every team, right? It's either like nine yeah, yeah. and seven, seven and nine, six and 10, 10 and six. There's very so few outliers where one team went like, we went 12 and four against the spread because the market catches up and vice versa, yes. right? And so I, I'm looking at this and I'm like, all of these teams who are like 10 and six against the spread were mm-hmm. six and two on the road against the spread uh, and like four and four at home, right? Like they're making their hay, so to speak, I mean, assuming, you know, they, as if they really care necessarily, but from a betting <laughs> standpoint, right? Like a team, like literally the teams that you think are really good home teams, like, mm-hmm. oh, Seattle, man, like got to bet Seattle at home. Don't do that. They are way better against the spread on the road than oh, they are at home. The Saints are one of the five worst teams in the last 10 years against the spread at home, right? Two things that you would not think of given the sort of hype about those home field advantages. I like it. Home field advantage might play a role in straight up, but against the spread, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Well, like I said, like even straight up right now, it's an average loss over the course of the whole thing. So do not be afraid to take road teams, especially this year. Yeah. I got you. So as mentioned, week to week, we'll go through kind of the NFL headlines. We'll talk about it from a gambling perspective, how, you know, injuries or results might lead from one week to the next. But because this is the start of the season, we're kind of just going to go through the biggest storylines of this upcoming season. And along the way, throw in, I'll throw you some of my picks, what I'm thinking at certain of the lines that are out here. Love and it. Kind of get you to, to be like, no, that makes sense. Or just tell me I'm an idiot. Either way, I'm good. Sure, man. So here's the thing. NFL headlines, I think it's kind of obvious what the biggest headline I think of this season is so far. And that's Tom Brady moving to the Bucks. So from a gambling perspective, how do you feel about what they're calling Tampa Bay? Are they what they would call a public team in terms of a team the public really thinks is going to be good, but not really as good as the public thinks? I think Tampa Bay is going to be good, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's for the reasons that people, it's for different reasons than people think, right? Okay. And so if you're out there going like Tom, he's got weapons now, you know what I mean? Godwin, Evans, like, you know, Gronk's back, like a couple yeah. more tight ends, right? And, if you, and it's going to be some high-flying shootouts, right? The way that Tampa Bay's games were last year. But what Tampa wants to do here is they want to be more conservative and more careful with the ball because Tampa mm-hmm. was losing games, not because they were a bad team, because they had a good offense and they had a sneaky good defense of, who, of which they return pretty much everybody from, right? Yeah. And so don't think of Tampa Bay as having this good defense, but Bowles, who is the coach of the Jets, who got that coaching job because his defenses in Arizona were so good, right? He's now the defensive coordinator with Arians again, right? So they've taken that sort of team that, you know, the coaching tandem, if you will, from Arizona, those, those good Arizona teams, right? Before it fell off and they're now in Tampa. And so that defense is really good. And so what they need is a guy to not throw 30 interceptions. Jameis with his 30 for 30 season, right? Exactly, (laughs) right? And so, like, they'll take a couple TDs off if you're willing to take, I don't know, 20 less interceptions, right? Because Tom's not going to throw 10 interceptions, but he's probably not going to throw 35 touchdowns. Like, I saw Mm -hmm. a market about Tom Brady touchdown passes that was, like, 32 and a half or something like that. And I was, like, under that right? Mm -hmm. Because that's just not who Tom is right now. And the reality with Tom specifically is that the analytics have not been good over the last three seasons. And that includes a Super Bowl season, 
right? Yeah. He just isn't very good. He can obviously, you know, control the ball, like he's not loose with it. And that's the idea, right? So for me, you know, it's not all that exciting because it's, it's not like, oh, fade Tampa, like it's going to go badly. Yeah, but yeah, it's also yeah, not go full bore into Tampa because the value's already gone. But where the I value gotcha. might be this season for Tampa, and I know neither of us are big totals guys, but okay. unders in Tampa Bay games might be the play at the start of this season, including like this it. week against New Orleans, another team that's sort of reputation-wise is a breeze and the offense and moving the ball. But the mm. reality is over the last couple of years, that team has transitioned to have a better defense than they do in offense. And again, yes. when we're working with public perception, right, we need to sort of sift through what we kind of just think when we close our eyes versus what's actually happening on the field. And so yes. Tampa and New Orleans under is sort of a rare total that I'm going to be playing this weekend. As far as the mm. line is concerned, it's dropped from, you know, four and a half, where it opens, but if that number <laughs> drops down to three, and again, we get into a conversation about key numbers, New yeah. Orleans minus three for me is a target where I would place a bet on the side here. Otherwise, I'm staying away from it because there's, again, there's a ton of uncertainty and I'd rather just take the under because I think both yeah. D's come to play. So here's my thing too that's, that's super funny is I see the line Saints three and a half, right? And my old rule with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady was I would always take the points if they were dogs by more than a field goal. That was one of my, you know, because we always have these like baselines well, the, for rules. Sure, but right? once every two years that they would be dogs by more than a field goal. But yeah. Exactly. Like it, it would like happen a, every once in a like while. But I'm saying it was one of those things where as soon as you see it, I'm, it's like, yep, taking the points. Like not even, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't even waste a breath thinking about it. But in yeah. this instance, I'm kind of looking at, and Bruce Arians is still a great coach, but obviously he's not Tom or he's not Bill Belichick, right? Mm -hmm. But when I see the three and a half points, that extra half point is something that makes me take, take the bucks yeah. and I'll take the plus points just because I'm going to trust Tom Brady. I think that if we think overall about, okay, well, there's no real continuity here because obviously he's in a new offense with, you know, all these new players around them and they haven't really had time. There's a lot of whispers about them actually working behind the scenes probably when they shouldn't have been or yeah. NFL sanctioned. It's not even whispers. It's flat out like Tom's posting Instagram <laughs> stuff. Like, yep, still playing out here. And people are like, Tom, get inside, man. You old. Right? So I don't know. I just feel like Brady, this is obviously like a revenge tour for Brady. Like he's Perfect. really focused. And I think in this instance, I'm willing to take the extra half point, but that's just me here taking the bucks at plus three and a half on that game. But let's let's switch gears a little here. Sure. On the flip side from Tampa Bay is obviously the Pats. Cam yeah. Newton, we know, has come in as a starter. As much as this might be a revenge tour for Tom Brady going to the Bucks, Bill Belichick's probably here thinking he's got something to prove as well. There's been for a sure. lot of talks about, are they going to tank the season, which makes no sense to me. But you bring Cam Newton as a starter. How do you see uh Bill Belichick being able to work with Cam Newton and the Patriots prospects this season. And I say this from a gambling perspective in terms of with Brady and Belichick, you knew that Brady would take care of the ball. You knew Tom Brady wasn't going to lose you games or lose you spreads, right? Exactly. With Cam, it's kind of a different look, but it's still the Patriots model. Which side of the fence do you fall on here in terms of trusting the Pats from a gambling perspective this season? 
Listen, you hear people talk about these days, and I don't know if it goes back to like Jay-Z or whatever, but people talking about being in the lab, right? No one in the history of the world has (laughs) been in the lab harder than Bill Belichick this season, right? He's in there. He's got potions going. He's beautiful (laughs) finding things on the the mirrors. Like it's a scene in there. And he loves it. He loves this. And that's why he, let's just say it, drove Tom out of town. Because he's like, uh, I'm kind of bored with this. I'm getting <laughs> sub-average, below par, whatever you want to call it, quarterbacking <laughs> from a legend that I have to stick to. And I'm going to be yeah. a hard ass about this. And Tom, go find somewhere fun to play. Take your shirt off in Tampa Bay. Get loose. I'm going to be in the lab here. And now I've mm-hmm. got this dual threat quarterback who he's got to be just drooling about the stuff that he and Josh McDaniels can do, right? And I think about the game. Remember when Tom got suspended and he was out for four games? Super ridiculous suspension. But he's out for four games and Jimmy G comes in. And Jimmy Mm -hmm. G gets a win and another win, but he gets hurt. And then it's Jacoby Brissett time on a Thursday night game against Houston, who is a pretty good team, right? I definitely remember this. And Bill's in the lab. He's like pulling out a drawer and he's like coming out with a a Dead Sea Scroll with a game plan from like 1971, like his old army or navy or whatever it is days. And he's like, we're just... We're just running the ball. It's going to be sweeps. It's going to be quarterback around the outside, like that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And that was with Jacoby Brissett, who's not even that good of a runner, right? And now he's third stringer. Yes. Third stringer because he didn't really want Jacoby throwing the ball because it was rookie Jacoby Brissett. I'm not even sure Mm -hmm. better in Jacoby Brissett you want throwing the ball. (laughs) And so now he's got this guy who, like, people don't want any part of in the open field. And for me, he's those two guys are having a full season are going to have some stuff cooked up. Right. Yes. The issue again, and it's a very much similar to the Tampa Bay thing. It's different because the Tampa stuff I actually think is more predictable with regards to like Tom's level is going to be about here. Right. Yeah. Kind of like how you said, like, don't turn the ball over. And the defense yeah. is what the defense is with the Patriots. Right. The cam thing. It could go, you know, a couple of different yeah, yeah, ways yeah. here. And with the opt-outs, right, for those who didn't, you know, been on, living under a rock, right, there's a bunch of opt-outs. No team was hurt more by COVID opt-outs than the Patriots and specifically their defense, right? No mm-hmm. Hightower, no Patrick Chung, right? Veteran guys. And so yeah. now you're looking at this going like, is that defense going to be that top defense that it was last season? For me, I go Bill in the lab. He's a defensive oh, yeah. guy even more than he is an offensive guy, right? And like... Every time you see a player leave New England, they're way worse, right? Like, Jamie Collins is the best example. Yeah, but I was going to say, the other thing, too, about Belichick's defense, I feel like it's been years and years and years of, oh, well, the defense isn't that good, and then the season starts, and the one thing, the one trend you see is a defense improves as the season goes along. That is a That was the case in the Super Bowl season. Yeah, it goes from, like, meh. To, or even like terrible to like really good because he's the best coach. He coaches guys up. So you might yeah. look at that roster and be like, I don't know any of these dudes, man. And yeah. it doesn't matter because Bill's going to coach him up. Now, has he had the time to do so, so far this season? I don't know. So when we're talking about this week one game, right? Laying six yep. and a half against a Dolphins team that really showed something last season that beat the Patriots in a game the Patriots needed to win. And yeah. by the way, the, the Dolphins spent the most in the history of sports on free agent signings this year. Ooh. $250 million on veteran Ooh. guys. So they were, running, they were the youngest team in the league last year, just running out randoms. And they weren't like top pick young guys. 
They had the most highest percentage of non-top pick guys that they were running out. So now they've got all of these guys, including Kyle Van Noy, former Patriot, and they're loading themselves back up. And so I don't know what to expect from this Dolphins team that I think is really well coached, right? Because they turned things around big time last year. Like they yeah. went over their, over their win total, right? Their win total is four and a half. They won five games and they were getting trucked in the first month of the season. Well, it's, it's funny you bring that up because one of the things I wanted to talk about as well is this perception of teams tanking. And the Dolphins last year were the team that, you know, there was a public perception that they were tanking and that was a theme early on. As you look for trends, some things that people do is identify the really good teams that you want to bet on and then sure. identify the bad teams that you want to bet against. And so when this perception's out there that the Dolphins were tanking last year, people are just going against them week after week after week. Right. Then they slowly start to show promise. And even if they weren't winning games, which they did start to win games as well, yeah. but they're covering spreads. Because some yeah. of those spreads early on were super ugly, right? Yeah. As we head into this season, I think yeah. that team's probably the Jags in terms of sure. a team that people are talking about, oh, moves have been made. They're just kind of giving up. They're trying to tank. Do you buy into that as well for, for the Jags in terms of should we be looking at that as one of the bad teams to bet against or not so much? Yeah. So, I mean, this opens up a huge sort of Pandora's <laughs> box, right? Okay. Because first of all, fundamentally, there's nobody, nobody, no teams are tanking, no players, I should say, are tanking, exactly. no coaches are tanking. That is not a thing, right? No. All of these guys, whether they're young, right, and they just mm -hmm. got in the league, or whether they're old and they're hanging on for another mill, right, another million dollar contract next year, every one of them is putting in effort on tape, right? Because yeah. nothing's guaranteed in the NFL. So exactly. of any league ever, right, you're going to get 100% effort, at least at the start of the season. Now, when we get to mm -hmm. the end of the season, things can get a little squirrely here. And now- you mean, those, the, uh, you, mean, you mean those late game or that late season trip to Miami might be a little, hey, <laughs> hey. Well, or hey. just like, Last year, I mean, we're going way off topic here a little bit here, but the Browns phoned in yeah. the last month of the season last year because they you. thought their coach was a complete idiot and they probably weren't <laughs> wrong. And so, so right? Like, yeah. And so last year, you, like you said, you've got the Dolphins. Everybody thinks they're going to be terrible. But even then, the spreads in the first couple of weeks weren't outrageous, right? It all okay. sort of, it, it, the spreads became outrageous, which is mm -hmm. why they were able to cover them right going i got gotcha. you the rest of the season because you know we knew they would be pretty bad but not that bad the way they were in those first few games but you know point is if jacksonville is that team this year yeah why right and so the answer so for me it's not every move is created equal right and so we hear about leonard fournette getting cut and we just go, yeah. yeah, another step in the in the in the tanking. Yeah, they're done. Like they really don't care. But if you look at Leonard Fournette's numbers, and anybody who plays fantasy who's ever thought about drafting Leonard Fournette or trading for Leonard Fournette knows yeah. that he's not a very good running back, right? Mm -hmm. He's you know his average of three point seven or two point seven yards per carry in the first half. You know we can see him just running directly into the offensive line and falling mm -hmm. down. And let me ask you this question: How many tackles? do you think Leonard Fournette broke last season? A big dude, famous at LSU for just running guys over. Yeah. How many tackles do you think he broke in an entire season? Entire season? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'd put it at like 15 or something. I don't know. He broke no four idea. tackles the entire season. <laughs> four. Yeah. So 
cutting a guy, he's got a big name. And that doesn't mean you're tanking. He just stinks, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, they had to trade Yannick Ngakwe, their defensive lineman, you know, star player. But, like, he demanded out, and you go, okay, see you later, right? They had to trade Ramsey last year. They yeah. traded – they let go Boye, their other corner, like, in theory, a star corner. But he was getting picked on all season last year. So are yeah. they really any further, you know, worse than they would be normally? Now, problem you. is, right, week one, you go, okay, how do we take advantage of this? And it's a pretty big line in week one against the Colts, where the Colts are eight-point favorites. Problem yeah. is, I really like the Colts this year. I don't really oh. want – betting against the Colts at eight though, like that's a ton of points for a team on the road, you know, people, and it's not necessarily, um, you know, a hidden secret necessarily, but like teams that go to Florida in that first week, right. They're not used to the heat and the humidity, right. Mm -hmm. Like it's a tough game for them. And so you're telling me eight points for the Colts who, by the way, in week 17 went to Jacksonville last year when again, Jacksonville should have been tanking that time, right? In yep. week 17 last year and Jacksonville wiped the floor with them. So again, different team, right? Like Phil Rivers, now the quarterback, all of that kind of stuff. So for me, it's kind of, it's unfortunate because sometimes you're, it's, you're sort of, you know, you have to. You're clashing to styles. You're clashing. Well, I was going to say like, you know, sometimes the schedule doesn't work out for us from a betting standpoint. And in this yeah, case, yeah, like yeah. I would love to bet the Jags big, against a team that I didn't like. There's plenty mm -hmm. of teams that I don't like that would be giving them eight points in week one, right? Yeah. Like if the Texans, if they're facing the Texans, for instance, right? The spread yeah. would probably be eight still, and I'd be delighted to take the Jags in that case. In this case, yeah, the spread's too high, and I'm still going to bet the Jags, but it's not going to be a major play for me, and it's because I, it's two teams that I want to bet on. And you talked about, you know, finding teams that you think are going to be good, that you want to bet on, and find... A, teams that you think are going to be bad that you want to bet against. For me, it's kind of the opposite. I need to find okay. the teams that are bad that I want to bet on because that's how I get the value, right? Like, I when, like people, it. when everybody thinks something about something, right, then going the opposite way is always the right move, right? I so like when it. I look at the good teams in the league this year, I go, well, what's their fatal flaw? And we'll get into some of these as we sort of go through, but I go like, what's the flaw? Why can I justify betting against that team given that people think so highly of them. And it's the same way with a team like the Jags. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's super interesting looking at the Jags and how things have played out, but it's such an interesting insight into the public perception of it and how that just moves things. Because you're totally right. Fournette gets, gets waved and it's like, oh no, they're tanking. And it's like, well, really, if they could have traded him, if he had that much value, they would have <laughs> right. traded him. Yeah, so, when the coach stands up and goes like, we couldn't get anything for him, that's the clue. <laughs> he stinks. <laughs> a team that doesn't stink is obviously the defending Super Bowl champion, yeah, Kansas City Chiefs, right? That's a pretty good squad. Um, we talk about continuity being super important, and definitely these guys are returning what? It's like, what's the number? It's like 20 of 22 starters are returning from last season. Yeah, they had a, a couple of opt-outs, right, that sort of hurt the team. Uh, Canadian boy, right, Duvernay yep. Tardif. Um, yep. But that's, you know, on the offensive line and a guard. And for as good as he was, uh, and he's had up and down seasons, to be honest with you. So it's not like he's some sort of consistent pro bowler um, as much as we sort of like him as, uh, as, we're, as we're required to as Canadians. Yeah. Um, yeah, not necessarily a huge, a huge loss from that standpoint. Damian Williams, right, he opts out as well. 
and they replace him. They sort of pre-replaced him, right, with a, with <laughs> yeah. LSU running back Clyde Edwards-Helaire, um, who, of course, is just fantasy darling at this point, right? Just oh, going yeah. for absurd amounts of money in auctions and high in drafts. Um, they traded Freeland, I believe, uh, Fuller, excuse me, and Breland is starting the year uh, suspended, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. so that's going to hurt the 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 secondary, which is a unit that, other than Tyron Matthew, just being all over that place, mm-hmm. is, you know, a squad that isn't good, let's just yeah, say, right? And that sure. defense is considerably worse if Chris Jones isn't there. Of course, they gave him big money in the offseason. And so it's it's tough, right? We're talking about, obviously, KC and their Super Bowl opponents were my San Francisco 49ers. And there's normally, I like to talk about public trends. That's where we're, I kind of want to keep bringing up these public themes and For having sure. you poke holes in it. That's kind of what I'm doing here. It's yeah, kind of where I see this pod going, right? But one of the things people yeah. talk about all the time is a Super Bowl hangover. And one of the teams that make the Super Bowl struggle the next season. So if yeah. we don't think that's going to be the Chiefs, does that mean we think it's going to be the Niners this year? We kind of do. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Man. I can take it. I can take it. Okay. It's okay. So you go. So, you know, we talked about how I'm looking for good teams that I can bet against and yeah. sort of why I would want to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for the 49ers, so much is predicated on their run game. Right. Yes. Because I don't know what your feelings are necessarily on like a full confidence with Jimmy G. If he has to go sling it up, that's shaking no. your head. Doesn't seem no. like you do. And no. so, so <laughs> if that not. on days when that gets shut down, right, then that's, that's a really big deal to make yeah. Jimmy G throw it. And yeah. so normally, you know, obviously from a fantasy football standpoint, people talk about wide receivers and running backs. And if, oh, this guy's out, like this team's in trouble, blah, 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 blah. For the 49, and normally that doesn't matter, right? For me, normally, you know, unless there's like a full scale, like Eagles season last year where they just had no wide receivers and like you and I were in the slot for the latter half of the season. And it's one of those type of situations. Unless that's the case, like it doesn't really matter. But for the 49ers, the way their offense works, where it's so predicated on yards after catch, and having different sort of, you know, reverses and end arounds and that kind of thing. Like you think Debo Samuel, how many carries he gets, just sort yeah. of swooping around to the backfield. It really matters the health and sort of the quality of the wide receivers, right? And they let Emmanuel Sanders go and they tried to replace him with Brandon Ayuk, but he's hurt yeah. and he's out and Debo's out. And yeah. so now you look at it and you go like, what are we doing here as far as our wide receivers? And they led the league last season in percentage of yards after the catch the versus catch. yards before the catch, right? Yeah. And so they, sh- they essentially they throw short and run farther than any other team in the league. Part of that, of course, is George Kittle, and there's nothing wrong with George Kittle. Relax, Sheldon. He's going to be fine. He's still hey, playing. You good. I'm not worried and, about Kittle. <laughs> and so you go, okay, well, if we can, you know, if, the, if a team stops the run against them, and has Jimmy G relying on receivers who we're not all that sure about, you know, that's going to be a problem offensively. Defensively, right? We went into that Super Bowl and people were talking about how it's like great offense against great defense. And for me, I was like, I'm not like, it's a good defense, but we're not talking, but it it felt like a little forced from a narrative standpoint. Yeah. Because do you know why though? Do you know why that was? It was because people were still like, even though it's a completely different defense, but they were so used to the, Niners defense from when they made the run prior with Kaepernick, right? With Patrick Willis, like that defense, the Smith boys on the front line, like that defense was so lights out. And I think 
going on this narrative. I know we're talking about a lot of different narratives and how that's, that's silly the public narratives are, right? Yeah. But people think of that. They're like, oh, yeah, I remember San Fran was good like a couple of years ago. Their defense was lights out. And it's like, yeah, but none of those guys are still on the team anymore, sure. right? Their defense yeah. is good, but it's not that good. Plus, listen, you and I are veterans of the television business and writing mm-hmm. teases, right? Yep. And so you got two weeks to write a Super Bowl tease. Are you yeah. writing it about Patrick Mahomes versus Jimmy Garoppolo? Or are you <laughs> writing it about Patrick Mahomes against a really good defense, exactly. right? And so the defense yeah. gets pumped up that way because there isn't anybody, you know, it's not going to be Patrick Mahomes versus George Kittle, even yeah. though George Kittle's the best player on that team, right? Mm-hmm. The poster is going to be sort of, you know, unstoppable force and movable object or however that phrase goes never get that right so but my so i look at the stats for last season and uh, and what it comes up with is they had a lot of sacks but it was a lot of third down sacks right yes. and so they weren't all that good getting pressure on first and second down and they weren't all that good in the red zone when teams got to the red zone they had a high frequency of touchdowns relative to the rest of the league let alone the best defenses in the league so when i can sort of see little holes that i can punch into that i can't see with kansas city i mean the defense obviously with kansas kansas city is a hole that i can see punched through but you know, like a Baltimore, like some of these other really good teams, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody good has to be not that good this year. And it's almost like a process of elimination too, where you go, okay, it might be San Francisco. And of course they caught a lot of teams by surprise too last year, early on. And they won a lot of close games, you know, especially division games. They're both Arizona games were tight. Both Mm -hmm. Seattle games were tight. Uh, I don't recall what the Rams games were necessarily. They were close too. Yeah. And so, and like, there's that sort of regression element that you can find with San Francisco that again, they're not going to be six and 10, right. But they're in a tough division and, and, you know, first place schedule now this year. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of sort of sketchy things there. And when we're talking about this week, I love the Cardinals plus seven. And I think that's going to be a circa million pick for me. Same. I, I got to be honest with you too. And you know, the Niners, when I look at that seven's just too many points. Like I can't take, Yeah. this will lead into our next topic, but there's certain quarterbacks that I don't like taking a spread that's too high and Jimmy Garoppolo sure. needing to cover seven points. I'm not about that life. You asked me how, how like uh, confident I am in Jimmy Garoppolo having to go out and sling the rock not confident at all. Basically my guy game manager. And if you watch their offense last year, it was run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, then play action. So, Mm -hmm. and the dudes, when Garoppolo would have good passing games, it was because those guys were schemed open, right? Mm -hmm. So Shanahan's great at play design, great at drawing up, you know, different run plays, but then the counter to some of those run plays, you're scheming, Emmanuel Sanders open or Kittle open on those deep balls. But other than that, it's all just dump passes. So when I see seven points against a cards team that should be more improved and a cards team that played the Niners tough last year, I like the cards and the points for sure. Definitely like the cards and the points. And, and worth mentioning two things really quickly. That number was seven and a half 
right? That okay. number has dropped to seven and it's dropped onto a key number, right? So when a line yeah. moves, it's one thing if it goes from nine to eight and a half, that doesn't really mean all that much other than sort of teaser liability. When it goes from seven and a half to seven, or we talk mm -hmm. about the New Orleans, Tampa Bay, if it goes to three and a half, three, that means something, right? And I last season for as good as the record the 49ers had, they were nine and seven against the spread, right? Ah. And six and two on the road. So we talk about like a team that got there against the spread record, which isn't all that good at nine and seven, right? And again, that's mm -hmm. what we're talking about when we're talking about betting against a good team. We're betting against a good team that, you know, not a good team that put up a 13 and three record. We're talking about a team that put up a nine and seven record under the context that we're working with. And they did that against the spread without being a Super Bowl you know, participant the year before. Yeah. And then you throw in the six and two on the road, which of course means that they were three and five at home Right now, if you're betting on the 49ers this week, you're betting on a team that was under 500 under the circumstances that you are betting. Right. And that's what you have to remember. Right. These records are are what they like are that. against the spread versus straight up. I like that. And so as we're talking about Jimmy G and I said, it leads into our next topic. Another one of these narratives that I always look at gambling wise is trusting QBs. There's certain QBs I like to roll with that I trust them to cover, you know, a touchdown spread. And there's certain QBs that it's like, nah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Uh, shout some Mitch Trubisky. But right. in fact, right. So when I look at, you know, you look at it from that factor, there's a lot of old trusted QBs that I would normally be okay with. You know, we mentioned Brady, yeah, but Drew Brees, Big yeah. Ben is back, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Those are guys that normally when I see spreads, oh, they're only favored by like three. Only three yeah. and a half. Ooh, I, I would take that, right? Yeah. I would take that probably up to seven. But these guys are all at varying older <laughs> ages. For sure. If you had to pick one of these guys that kind of yeah. would be the dude that I probably shouldn't hold in the same light as I have in yeah. previous seasons in terms of riding with them sure. when it's an easy low spread, which one would you take? Which one should I be kind of hesitant on or push pause on? Brady, Breeze, Big Ben, Aaron Rodgers. Well, we talked about Brady and Breeze from the context of like, it's not about them with those two exactly. teams, right? Yeah. It's about, they are now a complimentary piece to their defense, right? And like for the other two guys, it's very much similar in that the Steelers have a really good defense and the Packers now have a really good defense. So mm -hmm. as these guys grow, get older, it's almost like this bell curve, right? Where remember when Brady's first Super Bowl, it was like, man, just throw it like six yards. We'll get it down <laughs> the field. Vinatieri will kick a field goal. Let's play a 17-14 game, right? Like we'll yeah. stun the Rams who were the high flying show and then Brady sort of gets better with his career and now it becomes a Brady's amazing type of thing and now mm -hmm. it's back down to the other way and it was the same thing with Ross Roethlisberger in his first Super Bowl against the Seahawks right yeah. like rookie quarterback like just don't kill us out here between these four quarterbacks which is the one who had radical reconstructive surgery on his elbow last year and that's Maybe Ben Roethlisberger ben. <laughs> right and so for me I go okay is that something I want to rely on? <laughs> and without preseason, I don't know if you would have even played in the preseason. Yeah. It's kind of the secret. Like nobody's really seen Ben rip it, right? Yeah. And I'm sure the surgeons did a great job and that he's mm -hmm. going to be fine or whatever. But he went into last season and he couldn't throw. Now, obviously, that was probably because he was injured before the season even really started and that mm -hmm. eventually just popped in game two. Yeah. Um, and you, know, and you go, well, the defense is there. The defense is there. But the defense 
that team went eight and eight last year with Duck Hodges as the quarterback. It was because the defense yeah. was scoring touchdowns and turning ball over on you know on defense, yeah. and that's not really something that's replicable on a year-to-year basis, like that level of scoring touchdowns. Yeah. Now, so, you know, it's sort of the opposite of like the, the Jameis Winston Tampa Bay thing where it's like, okay, we're not, go- you know, we're not going to get all the turnovers yeah. instead of yeah. we're not going to give all the turnovers. And so Ben just has to make up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they seem to be sort of fine with rolling with him for another season. Whereas the Green Bay, sometimes you have to look at the draft and sort of what teams do and go, you know, have that inform, like, what's really going on? Like, we try to yeah, read the tea yeah, leaves yeah. a little bit here. Yeah. And isn't it strange that they've already anointed, you know, and used a draft pick? Like, it's one thing that the story, right, is, oh, Roger's going to be mad about this. Like, oh, boy. And it's like, yeah, that's fine, but that doesn't really help me. Like, if people tell you <laughs> that, like, Aaron Rodgers is going to be out for blood this year and, like, that's why you're betting on the Packers – yeah. No, because yeah. Aaron Rodgers is a dude who's always out for blood. Like, you mm-hmm. can't go higher than 10. On, you can't turn it up to 11, <laughs> right? Like, that's not how this works. And yeah. so the fact that not only did they opt for a guy who they want to be the future, presumably you wouldn't draft him that high if you didn't. Yeah. Not only that, but they also used that pick to not help Aaron Rogers Rodgers in any yeah. way, right? And yeah. so you go, what if, you know, they know something that we don't know. And they're also, and this is no, no news to anybody who sort of follows this stuff, but the Packers are a massive regression candidate this yeah. season. Like that 13-3 and three record that they had last year. And listen, I took advantage of it. I got oh. away with one. I got, like, I had NFC North Packers. Yeah. I had, like, NFC Futures, like, for yeah. them. And, like, they had no business being 13-3, and three, but they were. I cashed the ticket, and then, like, I Homer Simpsoned into the hedge after, right? Like, and I then was the like, playoffs, I'm out of here. But then that playoff then it all, matchup. It came out, yeah. But we knew that, to- right? Like, people who were paying attention to it, exactly what you're saying, right? If you watched and you paid attention, you knew it was kind of, not. I don't want to say smoke and mirrors, but... Once they went up to the Niners, it was like, okay, well, we know this Niners D-line, it's a wrap. It's a wrap at this point. He's going to have no no time to throw. It's it's a wrap. And it's interesting because it kind of sums up exactly what we're talking about here, right, in terms of the reputation of it all. I remember leading up to that playoff matchup against the Niners last year, and there was Mm -hmm. so much talk about, oh, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. And I was very confident, and I was telling people about it, but they weren't listening to me because I'm a Niners fan. And right. I kept saying, listen, it's not because I'm a Niners fan. Like I would tell you that I'm, I'm yeah. always freely willing to admit when something is fandom. That's why I don't really bet on the Raptors, right? Like right. I don't bet on the Raptors. Sure. I stay away from that just cause I'm like, whatever. But if something is about fandom, I'll let you know that was yeah. about, no, no, no. The pass rush is going to just crush Aaron Rodgers, And if he has no time, they have no offense and yeah. they got shit kicked. To- and we had the sneak preview, right? That Sunday night game earlier in the season. And it was mm-hmm. like, what's going to be different? And nothing was different, but, really. But that was one where it's exactly what we're talking about. People were just riding, and even the spread in that game, and people were just riding with the Packers just because, oh, Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, I'm betting on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and- plus the points, right? I'm in. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. We all succumb to it. And you make a good point For about sure. the biases, right? Yeah. I talk all the time about the podcast going on the podcast about – Listen, like we all have biases and Mm -hmm. that's fine as long as you're self-aware and you can acknowledge those biases going in. Let the money drive your bias and not this like fandom thing that I don't love.
So here is a perfect example of that. And it's kind of our last headline, so to speak. But another thing is hype teams. And there's always a team getting all the hype heading into the year. If you remember last year, it was the Cleveland Browns. They were kind of a team where everyone's talking about, oh, Super Bowl hopes. Forget about surprise team. It's like they bypassed being a surprise team. It's just, nope, these guys are Super Bowl, not favorites, but contenders, which ended up being far from the truth. Yeah. This year, the team that's getting a lot of hype is the Buffalo Bills. I even have trouble saying that sentence out loud. But yeah. do you believe in the Buffalo Bills? And with that said, how's that affecting lines as I look at them as six and a half point favorites against the Jets? Uh, as far as the Bills are concerned, like, I mean, it's tough because when you're watching that playoff game last year with the Bills and watching Josh Allen just kind of throw the ball over his head yeah. randomly, you're like, that's not my quarterback, right? Right. And so, but there's a ton of talent there. And, he, you know, their defense is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Stefan Diggs thing, I think, helps because that's an offense that needed a wide receiver. Yeah. Um, it's so tough. Like, that's the one I just, I don't love. I'm going to rely from a division standpoint on the Bill Belichick revenge train. Um, I will say this, this week, and we're going to get to this in a little bit, talking about a certain thing called Survivor. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Bills this week. I don't don't know about going forward. Like, I'm going to need to see a little bit more of it, but I like like the Bills this week. Minus six and a half, you like them. Well, I like the Bills this week times the fact that I think the Jets are going to be the worst team in the week. (laughs) <laughs> I think I think there's value on the Jets as the worst team. If you find a Jets like worst team in the league market, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. like that more than I do okay. the Jags. Again, relative to the odds, because we're always talking about price, right? No, and see, like yeah, the Jags yeah, yeah. are literally like two to one to be the worst team in the league. And like, listen, that's fair. They're going to be bad. They're not going to tank. They're just going to be bad. Whereas the mm-hmm. Jets aren't going to tank either, but they're going to be bad, and they might even be worse. Adam Gase is a horrific coach. So yeah, at six and a half, like that does feel actually a little bit light for me against oh. the team that I, yeah, if I'm a little high on the bills and I'm a little down or a lot down on the jets, sort of by definition, that's one of the favorites that I like this week. See, that is pretty good because again, I need to shift my narratives away from, well, it's buff. Anytime I see the Buffalo bills favored by more than three, I'm always like, oh, whoa, 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 let's slow down here. And as you mentioned, me, and now you're adding in also the Josh Allen factor. Now I'm talking about a quarterback. Do I trust him to get the the cover pretty much a touchdown? And yeah. you look at all these things, and then you got to take that to the flip side. Okay, so why are the Jets going to cover a touchdown? <laughs> right? Well, exactly. Like, <laughs> and, and, and you bring up the point you brought up earlier, right? About uh, trusting a quarterback to cover a number. Yeah. And like, again, I sort of think about it differently. Mm-hmm. I look at it going, I need a defense to ah, cover a number. I like right? it. Basically, what we're looking for from a favorite is to build a lead through a half and three quarters mm-hmm. and then shut it down. And so that's what I'm looking for to cover a spread because this, listen, they could cover this spread 17 to 10. They don't need to score 40 points, but if the D if the Jets aren't going to score, I'd be willing to say that the bills are probably going to cover the spread, right? Like I think the bills get seven. I'm not saying they're going to shut them out necessarily, but like if they keep it down to 10, 13 points, like 
that to me is the key to covering big numbers, especially in the NFL. I hear you. I hear you. So, you know, that kind of is how we're going to do week one in terms of going through a bunch of the storylines heading into the season while mentioning the games and the lines. Normally, I think going forward, we'll go through some of the headlines of the week, uh, some of the results, obviously, and I'll basically hand over a couple, maybe let's say four picks that I have and kind of just get your thoughts on them from week to week basis. But one of the other things that we want to do here well, first off, I'll mention my full picks. If you're ever looking for that, if you want to, and, and hey, just for entertainment purposes only, you know, sure, do it that with you will, but I'll put out the Great. information. It'll be on my Instagram page or on our On Blast podcast page, which you can find uh, somewhere before Saturday. I guess I, if I'm doing the podcast every Thursday, I guess it's got to be up. I got to have my picks by then. So somewhere yeah. soon after that, by Thursday night, let's say that much, right? You can find that there. But one of the things we also wanted to throw out week to week on the podcast is something we're going to call the sucker bet of the week. Absolutely. Would you first off like to explain exactly what we mean by a sucker bet? Yeah, there's always one and there's often more than one (laughs) that looks a little too good to be true, right? And sort of how, you know, do you define that, right? And for me, you know, and I'll give everybody sort of a tip here. Uh, grab the app. It's a free app, Sports Insights. And what okay. that app has, very basic, but it, uh, it shows you the betting percentages on either side of the game for that week, right? It doesn't show you how much money is being spent on either side, which is actually a better indicator of what the sharp side is, so to speak, you know, okay. who the big money likes, obviously. But it gives you a good idea of sort of what the super popular pick is that week. And of course, super mm-hmm. popular usually means overvalued, right? Whether we're talking about, you know, restaurants or cars <laughs> or neighborhoods, we're also talking, anytime you put a price on something, which is what we're doing here with sports and sports betting, something can be overvalued, something can be undervalued. And so this app shows you uh, the percentages. And a lot of times it's like 60, 40 type splits, but there's always mm-hmm. one or two games that are in the 80% even sometimes 90% range. And those are the ones that not only do you, you know, I'm not even going to say you want to bet against necessarily, but you just definitely want to steer clear. And they're definitely ones that you were going to put on your parlay, right? Whether it's your pro line, like win by four parlay, or whether it's your point spread parlay. And that's the one that you're sitting there left on Monday or Sunday night going like, ah, like that one killed me. That was the one. (laughs) Like I thought I had it. Now, You might be wondering, are there anything like that this week? Well, it's a little bit trickier, right? Because we don't have last week perception, right? So betters love to just sort of follow the factor. Yeah. What they, what they see, what they've seen most recently is how people bet. Right. And so we don't have that. We only have like who was in the Super Bowl last year, who, you know, and sort of literally like maybe week 17, we can recall. So there isn't anything that necessarily jumps out, but there are two games that I want to talk about when it comes to this category. Okay. And they're both primetime games because okay. obviously primetime games, most eyes equals most bets, right? And you have two games here where people love one side and don't want anything to do with the other side going into this season. Okay. Sunday night game, right? Cowboys Ooh. and Rams. 
I'm yeah. as high on the Cowboys as anybody else, right? Like, I yeah. feel good about them this season. I've got them winning the NFC East. Grabbed it when it was plus money. It's now minus, like, 135. So, value city there. My job is literally done when it comes to the Cowboys. May sprinkle some for the NFC, uh, to, you know, to see if they actually can be that team, right? Mm-hmm. What could possibly go wrong betting on the Cowboys long-term, right? That being said, I'm not the only one, right? Like, this isn't like a secret thing. When you see a line for their division move the way that it has, obviously a lot of people love the Cowboys. And so that line is three right now at the LA Rams this weekend. People do not love the LA Rams. They are spending almost $30 million on players who are not on their team anymore. That from a, you know, building your team standpoint, which is again, a thing I factor in sort of big picture with these teams, is, you know, are you good at <laughs> running your organization? <laughs> and so, like, that's kind of a flaw when you give up that much money. And so, you know, again, not a secret. People do not love the LA Rams. But are the LA Rams a bad team? I don't think so, right? Like, they can, They're not you know, trash. and I don't know... And I don't know that necessarily the Cowboys can do all that much to stop them offensively. So we might have ourselves a bit of a shootout on Sunday. And so if you can grab the extra three points, I would wait, right, right up until kickoff, because I think we can get three and a half. I think we can get four with the Rams. But long story short, you're probably looking to put those Cowboys on that parlay, right, to finish that off, right? I'm going to be 4-0 and after Sunday afternoon. I'm going to ride into Sunday, and I'm going to hit that, that parlay when the Cowboys kill the Rams. The Rams stink. The Cowboys are coming for it this year. Be careful. Tread lightly. The other one, gotcha. the Monday night game, the Steelers, right? Big Ben yep. is back. That defense combined with oh, Big Ben. Yes. Sleeper in the AFC. Here we go. Against the Giants? Ugh, Daniel Jones, gross. Their defense, terrible. That number has moved from three to four to five and a half. Five and a half. I'm seeing some six right now in oh. some spots. And I'm okay. going to tell you, I would be surprised if we don't see six and a half maybe even seven seven such a key number that yeah. like if it hits seven it's going to be gone in a second because even the people betting the Steelers at minus three three and a half four have to come back on the other side at the Giants at plus seven and try to yeah. hit a middle which of course means winning both sides of the bet mm-hmm. and so that seems a little too easy as well and a little too everybody on board from a public standpoint there as well the difference being at least this line has moved, right? At okay. least it's moved with all the money. So mm. that the sports booker at least at that point is at least saying like, we might've made a bad line, we need to adjust. When it comes to the Cowboys and Rams line, that, move, that line hasn't moved basically at all. Like I'm looking at it right now and it opened like two and a half and is now three. Like that's essentially negligible that's at that point over the course of you know, four or five months. If that number was like shooting up, then we would see something. But to me, there's, there's an artificial level there at three where people are betting the Rams plus three. And if you're doing that, like to me, that's the sharp side uh, in this game because Dallas getting 61%. So it's not, you know, we're not talking like an 80% type of number. That's going to rise though by the time Sunday rolls around because a lot of people, yeah. right? They, even if you left it off your parlay. You're still going to make all these bets during the day. You're going to win. You're going to lose. However you're going to do it. But you're going to bet the Sunday night game. You're going to bet the Monday night game. You're going to take the favorite, especially really hyped favorites. So it's sort of a dual, like, tread carefully, sucker bet of the week. 
and it's and it's primetime action this week. Yeah, I was in on the Giants at plus five and a half, and I'm going to be in on the Giants as that line continues to rise for sure. Just because right for all the things that you just listed, but also I just think um, the perception of the Giants last year being like super trash, where the reality is they haven't really even played with all of their offensive guys at the same time yet. Right. Yep. So yep. you're coming into this season, who, who knows, but I just think that they're the perception of it all from the public standpoint of the giants. It's just not, it doesn't meet with what reality is. Yeah. And I don't even really love the giants all that much. No. Right? I'm just out here saying like, I just don't think they're that fishy, bad, man. Yeah. Like yeah. this line is fishy when it comes to that sort of thing. I like that you brought that up because that hits on like, a couple of other narratives of gambling narratives that I always try to remind myself of. One is that the, the gambling line is not based off of what is going to happen. The gambling line is based off of trying to get money on both sides of the number. Yeah. Right. So public perception or creating value for the sports book too. Yes. Well, I mean, this has been a lot of fun, man. And I think that in terms of, you know, just getting a grasp of what we're trying to do here overall and just talk some football, talk some numbers, kick around some ideas, etc. I really think that that's just kind of, you know, I think that's been a, a solid, a solid first go here. So I'm, I'm excited pretty, for this season now, man. We are going to chop it up every Thursday and we're going to make yes. some money. I'm pretty Let's sure we're going to make some money along the way. But you we mentioned you're in Vegas right now. Um, yeah, business trip. Yes, a business trip. Give me a little more insight. What's what's going on there? Where? Yeah. How are you doing so far? First off, the time zone difference right now. This is real early for you, so appreciate you getting up with us here. <laughs> no problem, man. You know, uh, like you, I'm based in Toronto, so this is a business trip for me, right? It is, and the 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 sole, the core reason I should say is to sign up for the Circa Million. So a lot of people ask me, and this is kind of a fun story, and I'll sort of throw it back to you here at some point. But <laughs> I, get, I go to the airport yesterday, and of course, a lot of people ask me, like, like are you going to have to justify you know, why you're going down, right? Because everybody sort of thinks essential workers can cross, and that's only on the, you know, on the ground border. And I'm like, no, like, it should be fine. Like, I'm going to say I'm going down for business because like, I essentially am. This is by no means a frivolous, fun trip. Everybody's in masks. It's kind of a rough scene. Um, yeah. Though people are undaunted here from a sort of being in the casino standpoint. Um, mm -hmm. But so, you know, so people, are, you know, you're going to have to, you know, tell customs, like, what, what, how are you going to explain it to customs? And I was like, I'm just going to be straight up with them, right? Like, this is what I do. This is my business, blah, 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 blah. So I get to the, so first of all, the airport is empty, empty, yeah. like marching my way through security, marching my way through customs. I get to the customs guy. He asked me like, what am I doing? Blah, blah, blah. I explained to him the contest thing. And he's like, hold on a sec. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I love sports. <laughs> I love the NFL. I love betting, you know, like da, da, da. And he literally grabs from on his side of the ledge, a handful of pro line tickets. And he's like, see? And first of all, I'm like, why do you have a handful of Proline tickets? Like, if they're dead ones, like, throw them out. There's not that much going on. Like, did he stop to get some early, you know, the early lines on a Proline? Do they even come out on Proline on Wednesday? So he's yeah. literally, like, waving these tickets, like, in front of me. And yeah. because there's nobody in line, he, yeah. we then go into a 15 to 20 minute conversation. And so 
yeah, I'm literally standing there and these people are like starting to line up behind me. Like I'm creating the lineup, not because I'm getting grilled <laughs> about like my nefarious moves, but yeah. because he just wants to talk sports betting. And he literally takes my card that has, yeah. you know, like the window and everything. All the info. And is like, and I'm like explaining to him that I have, and this is probably good for your viewers as well. Before the sort of restart of all sports happened, I just yeah. did a couple of evergreen podcasts, essentially kind of intro to sports betting type things, right? Okay. Like where I bet, how much to bet, like what the sort of, what you should be doing, sort of what your expectations should be and ways to get free money from some of these sports books that offer, you know, different bonuses and stuff. So, mm -hmm. so I'm like, I'm literally going through my own feed to try to find the date for him so that he yeah. can write the date down and be like, <laughs> okay, uh, July uh, 18th. Okay. Yeah. I'll check that out. Blah, blah, blah. So you just never know. You just you never, never know, know. Like, when you're going to just get into a conversation about sports betting, even with a guy who's just waving a handful of pro line tickets at his, at his customs <laughs> desk in the airport. So um, just thought that was funny. That's and, hilarious. Uh, let's sense. go man i i enjoyed it man i enjoyed the conversation trying to mix in some storylines what do these things mean to the numbers what's the public saying what are the sharp saying trying to help people make some money as you just said man that's kind of the goal of this and as i said i still don't have a name for this podcast it's just on remember the key here too is this is the on blast podcast network there's a bunch of different other podcasts under that network whether it's wrap it up our uh raptors post game show we got a ball on blast which is our weekly nba talk there's also a you killed it podcast which you do as well and now this i don't know i'll name this nfl podcast later that's what we're going with as of now. Shouts to my guy, Joe Bunn. Always dropping gems to the young podcasters in the game. So, uh, yeah, Mr. Russell, again, give us uh, – where can people follow you? Can they follow you on, like, socials? Where can they find the podcast? Let the people yeah, we know. Do have, we do have one more thing we got to talk about, man. We do have oh. one more thing. Oh. And you talked about we're going to make everybody some money on this podcast. Oh, yes. On the Window podcast. Yes. We are going to make ourselves some money, or at least we're going to try to. So I talked about yes. the contest, the Circa Million contest, five games against yes. the spread every week. Well, as part of their rollout of this new hotel and this new sports book, they've also created the first, and dare I say, legal survivor pool, right? Yes. And it's a high roller survivor pool here in Las Vegas, a thousand dollar entry Mm -hmm. Same rules as you play in your office pool survivor. I won't tell anybody that you're doing survivor, that it's not super legal. Uh, this one's straight up legal, uh, all legitimate. $1,000 entry, $1 million up for grabs, right? Okay. And so what we're doing over at the Window Podcast, the Window Sports Betting Podcast, any sort of combination of those words, you'll be able to find it on Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, all of the random podcast providers yeah. out there. It's wild. Like I see some of the, the, the places where people are listening to it and I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, at any <laughs> rate, what we're doing this year is, you know, I'm, I got my own thing going with the, with the circa million and, but I wanted to do something for the entire podcast sort of as a whole from a content standpoint. So what I did was I'm entering the circa survivor here for a thousand dollar entry. And what I've done is I've made one share, or I should say one eighteenth um, different shares, essentially 18 different shares uh, available to uh, listeners, uh, guests of the podcast. We're calling it the Friends of the Window Entry, right? Okay. And you being a friend of the window are in 
for one eighteenth, right? Which means Let's you are go. in for one eighteenth of the fee and you are in for one eighteenth of hopefully a million dollars when we figure this out. And so what is going to happen here is listeners and again, past guests and hopefully future guests uh, come on the podcast. They get assigned a week, right? So you might get assigned. I haven't done the draw. That's coming out on Friday's podcast. Uh, you might be like week eight. And so if we even get to week eight, <laughs> week eight is your pick. And you have yeah. to come on the window podcast and you are responsible for your 118th share of the intellectual property. You have to make that pick, right? So the draw is going to be wild because it's like, do you want to be 17th, right? Knowing that yeah. you might probably won't even get to make a pick. But mm -hmm. if you do, the million dollars is going to be riding on your shoulders. We're going to sort of work as a team, have strategy throughout. Um, and so I'm in for half, right? Because it's my, my deal. But we've got nine other shares sort of doled out throughout the sports betting and the window podcast community. So yeah. we'll sort of be able to talk about that each week too, sort of on this podcast with you going, hey, like who, do you th who would you pick this week if it was your week? Who would I pick yeah. if it was my week? That kind of thing. Like what are the good uh, choices for Survivor? Because I know a lot of people out there are sort of, you know, in Survivor sure. pools, right? It's sort of the gateway drug to the betting <laughs> scene in a lot of ways at the NFL. Correct. Um, and so, yeah, so you and I and a handful of our friends over at the Window Podcast are doing that this year. It's going to be wild. Um, as far as other social stuff, um, follow me on Twitter. Mentioned it earlier at M for Matt, Russ for Russell, authentic. You know how to spell authentic. M yes. Russ authentic on Twitter. Um, I give out a lot of plays just on Twitter because I get mm -hmm. this podcast out in the morning. And so right now, right, it's talking about NHL, NBA, you know, like what happened last night. Shout out to the Raptors plus three and a half. Thank hey. you for that, guys. Um, rolling with the Celtics in game seven because I've got a series bet on them overall. But, you know, so we talk about that. We talk about bankroll management and all of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, different theories, a lot of what we talked about today and beyond. Um, but then on Twitter, right, like there's other stuff that pops up after, for instance, the, pub the podcast gets published. Um, baseball. I do a lot of baseball on Twitter because I don't have time to cap baseball in the morning before the podcast comes out. Right. Yeah. So I do the podcast, I send it out and then I go, okay, like what do we got for baseball? And I'll have, you know, three, four, five, six type of plays for baseball out there and any other sport really. Right. Like tennis. I threw some stuff out earlier this week. It basically broke even think we want a unit, but hey. all, all from a recreational standpoint, right. We got some good sweats out of tennis. So, Emrus Authentic, and you can find all of, you know, obviously I tweet out the podcast each day, but yeah, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. Come check it out, man, because we, I, mean, I call it, I sort of call it hashtag our, our little corner of the internet. Because, I like it. You know, to sort of be a little bit uh, brash, a little bit brazen here. We're, we're winning money here. We crushed the NHL. We Let's crushed do it. the NBA bubble. And so I'm just sitting here over in my little corner of the internet just handing out winners to people. And like, it's funny because like in part, you sort of expect like the droves to come flocking and be like, you know what I mean? Just how yeah, well yeah, it's yeah. gone, but it takes a little while to sort of pe for people to recognize. And so, you know, pressure's on, we just keep doing it, but you're not gonna find anybody who knows more about this stuff and who's more educated about this stuff and these sports um, than I am when it comes to sports betting and stuff. And so that's what we do every day, man. Monday to Friday, uh, we'll have a Sunday show talking about the Circa Million picks, like the five yep. big picks. 
and anything, you know, from a line standpoint that moves on Sunday morning, that maybe becomes a little bit more attractive. But now that we're getting into NFL season, we're going to talk about NFL every day to some degree. Um, yeah. But yeah, the Friday show will be the one that's, uh, that's legit. And then the uh, Sunday morning one as well, too. So come check it out. I like it, man. I'm in for sure. And if we were doing a survivor pick week one, Dun, yeah, like dun, I said, man. Dun, so dun, I mean, dun, dun, part of dun, it dun. is, and we are, because I am. I've made myself responsible for. Week oh, one. you're doing week I one. Don't, yeah, because I don't want whether it's. So you, you don't have to give away your. You don't give away your survivor pick then. Don't do that. Oh, no, good. No, it's actual. fine. It's I, listen. It's not rocket science, right? And okay. so you know, I made my myself responsible week one because I rather if we're gonna lose week one, I rather it be <laughs> on me than on one of my you know guests yeah, or yeah, one yeah. of my you know. Uh, listeners or something like that, right? Like it would suck is like, hey, this is Sheldon Alexander. He's making a pick and you're like, Meh, and then you lose. And it's like, oh, it's <laughs> and everyone's all like, screw you. Like, yeah, right? Like I feel like I've made the listeners of the podcast enough money mm-hmm. over the last month or two that I can take a loss here. I'm also the most invested in it being a 50% you know, shareholder yeah. here that yeah. like it's going to hurt me way more than it's going to hurt you type of thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so... Uh, but, you know, it does, even week one, it does require some planning, right? And so mm-hmm. you do have to look ahead to different parts of the schedule. And the interesting thing that the circuit did this year is, I, you, know, you know how I said it's 18 weeks? Well, anybody mm-hmm. who knows anything about NFL knows that it's a 17-week schedule. 17 weeks. But season. what they did is they're adding Thanksgiving Thursday as its own week which means you only got three games to choose from, which means you only got six games to choose from. So there's a cluster of teams there that we got to avoid because we got to keep those available, right? So Baltimore plays Pittsburgh, for instance, which isn't necessarily a game I want to take on Survivor. So now we're looking at the other four games and it gets really, really dicey from there. So point is, is you do have to look ahead a little bit, but I don't plan Mm -hmm. the whole season out and I'm not in charge of half the season from a, you know, which pick type of thing. But yeah. we talk, we're going to talk about that from a strategy standpoint. And when I have the guest on, right, like they can run by me like, hey, I'm thinking this team and, you know, you know, is there a reason not to? And we'll sort of handle that. But for this week, I think it's the Bills because I think this is the best chance you're going to get at taking the, yeah. a team that was a playoff team last year, mm-hmm. is expected to be a playoff team this year. Is it great to say I'm rolling with the Buffalo Bills? As somebody who's been, you know, lived in Toronto for the last 30 years, uh, you can imagine that that's probably not like a comfortable thing to necessarily say. But if we took those jerseys off and we put them on someone else, you know, you'd be a little bit more comfortable with it. And I, I know what I'm getting out of the Bills, whereas I don't really know what I'm getting with the 49ers. I don't really know what I'm getting with the Patriots, especially relative yeah. to their competition. And no, I don't want to bet the Thursday night game on this, right? We'll save the Chiefs for a team that they have plenty of easy teams on their schedule where it's just going to be a walkover week and make mm-hmm. it easy on other people, uh, you know, that are picking for, for our entry. So yeah, we're riding with the bills this week and just need them to win. Don't even need them to cover. I probably won't even bet the spread because yeah. I'm that invested in sort of us getting to week two <laughs> that it's almost like it, the money's not, even if they cover, like the money's not worth it. I yeah. just like, they could win this game by 50 points and I would be like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm, I don't even care that I didn't win any money on it. Like, I'm just glad we move on to the next round. Just win, baby, win. I like it. Exactly. I like it. And that's what we try to do each and every week here on this podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And uh, like and subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, just search on Blast Podcast. 
Same thing goes for YouTube. Like and subscribe there as well. Appreciate all the subscribes and likes. And Mr. Russell, thanks again for tuning in. And I close every podcast on this network with the same slogan. I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the On Blast podcast. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On Blast.